I've had to take people and get them emaciated. I've had to get them fat. I've had to get them muscular. I mean, it's not something that I would recommend anyway. And I hate it because I don't like the quick hits. And that sounds funny because I'm preparing people for roles and they have a short period of time to get ready. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family, without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. What do Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, Leave Schreiber, Sebastian Stan, Anne Hathaway, Jake Gyllenhaal, and even Hugh Jackman all have in common? They've all been trained by today's guest, performance coach, keynote speaker, and entrepreneur, Don Saladino. In today's conversation, we spend a little bit of time talking about our kids and the realities of being a parent and a lot of time talking about nutrition, fitness, and health. Don shares his approach to training his clients for superhero roles and the differences between training celebrities, training athletes, and even working with the general population. We dive into the importance of strength training for body composition change as well as his specific approach to getting clients great results without overt restriction. We touch on the role of hormones and performance-enhancing drugs in the industry and some of his frustrations with the approach of hormone optimization as a panacea. I felt like there were so many different directions that we could have gone with this conversation and we'll definitely need to do a follow-up conversation. Nonetheless, I'm confident that you're going to enjoy our chat as much as I did. Now, assuming you did, then shoot me a message and let me know. I'd really love to hear from you. And I'd love to see if I can provide more information, more people, more resources, more experts uh, who can provide you with the tools that you are looking for. And of course, leave me a positive rating and review so that we can help more people make smart nutrition simple. Okay, without further ado, let's jump in. Appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, man. I appreciate it. Let's rock and roll. So, um, you know, one of the things I'd love to jump into is just uh, a question I like to ask my kids. What's the best thing that's happened so far for you this week? Wow. No one's ever asked me. I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever asked me that question. You know what? I, I actually had a good moment with my kids last night. It was like a parenting moment where, um, you know, it's funny because I have a 16-year-old and a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I don't care how long you, how, how old are your kids? They're 14, 12, and eight. Yeah. Yeah. We're in, we're in, we're in similar ground. It, it's 15 and 16 starts becoming a little bit different, but you know what? On the other hand, like you've been a parent for 14 years. I've been a parent now for 16 years, but I've never parented a 17 year old. Right. And I've never right. parented an 18 year old. So like every year you're in this newfound territory because these new things start happening. Right. And he's like, so like, you, you know, the other night my my daughter's with her boyfriend in the bedroom and my son's with his girlfriend in the bedroom. And I'm sitting here going, Holy shit, like really? Like, is this like what is happening? Now, like, I'm curious, <laughs> door door open or no? Doors gotta be open, but they were yeah. shut, which pissed me off. So, you know, so now I'm over there, you know, hey guys, what's going on? But um, I think the best thing when when you asked me that question, the first thing that came to mind and and I'm not referring to business stuff. I've had some really nice business stuff happen to me this week, but I think it was parenting moments yeah. where you have moments where you're like, okay, I did a good job. I didn't do a good job. Or like, I did a really good job. Like I'm, 
I'm happy of how I handled that. There were a couple of circumstances, one with my son last night coming home where he was upset about something. And rather than trying to like parent him and give him advice, I just kind of sat back and said, all right, man, why don't you just vent? You know, I just said vent rather than like, what's the problem? Oh, that guy's not, you know, Donnie, he's, he's, you're wrong. He's right. It doesn't matter. But why don't you just vent and get it off your chest a little bit? I'm not going to pass any comments. Yeah. And he started, he started venting and he started explaining how he was feeling. And then it really started unraveling. And I was like, well, what's your opinion on why you handle that? that way. And the answer that he gave me was exactly the answer I was thinking. And I kind of just turned to him and said, brother, trust your intuition. You can't expect people to always do things the way you want to do it or, you know, handle things the right way. I go through it every day of my life. I'm around friends, friends, not as many anymore that, that I've kind of like eliminated people in my life that don't bring that good energy. But even from a business standpoint, not everyone's going to do things the way that you think you should do it. And you, and I think just not always criticizing and stepping back and kind of handling in that situation was a parenting moment where I turned around and I was like, man, maybe that's how I have to handle it. Right. And there was a circumstance with my daughter. She just came into my room and she was like, Hey, um, I was exhausted. She's like, just, can you just come out of, jump out of bed and come down, make me some dinner. Can we talk? And I was like, absolutely. And we just sat down and like, it started with a conversation. The next thing you know, unraveled and us listening to music. And then we're sitting there and I'm eating again and she's eating again and we're laughing and we're talking and we're having this moment where the laptop's pulled up and she's looking at me and she's like, have you heard of this artist? Um, who, oh, Neil, Neil Young. And I started laughing. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I've heard of Neil Young. Yeah, yeah. And she, yeah, exactly. And then she's like starting to play music and she's playing um, Radiohead. And then she's playing music and she's like, oh, I'm going to learn this song on the guitar. It's called Purple Haze. And I'm like, yeah, Amelia, I've heard of that song, right? But like, I, I think the best thing that happened to me this week was having those moments where like even ha- had a few of them where I even turned around and my wife and we just kind of looked at each other in the corner and we just kind of nodded yeah. like, this doesn't, this doesn't suck. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Those so, are the best moments. I, I would think and were better things happening to me this week? Probably. But when you, when you asked me that and I had to think about it, those were the first things that jumped in. And place. that's what I appreciate. I mean- well, that's the reason I ask my kids that question too, is you know how it is, right? It's like you, they get in the car from school or you pick them up from sports. Like, how was it? Like, good. It was fine. Like, whatever. You got to prompt some of those yeah, things. Like, yeah. And I think when we have the opportunity just to kind of briefly reflect for a second, you, you kind of realize like, oh, there's a lot of things outside of like what these typical, you know, and even these conversations, like people expect, you know, you to talk about magazine covers and training superheroes, which by the way, we're going to talk about, but you know, one of the things about this podcast, the smart nutrition made simple show is, you know, we're obviously talking to regular Janes and Joes and people that have lives and busy lives and jobs and careers. And it's hard navigating all of those pieces. And so when we discuss these things and when we provide this sort of context around nutrition and training, and we provide all of these variables, um, oftentimes we lose the nuance of where real life falls into play and how we can actually, you know, toggle everything. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I appreciate, Don, I appreciate, you know, you sharing that. Those are truly, uh, truly the best moments. Um, you know, like, obviously you're known for working with celebrities and, and you know, you've been in the industry a long time. You know, generally speaking, like, what's the biggest difference that you've seen throughout your career around working with actors, training them to be superheroes versus working with general population? The answer would be like training approach. It really isn't different. Um, And I think you know the answer to that already. But I think the thing that gets complex is the fact that every role is 
is re requires something different out of that character they're playing. So where Benjamin Brown might be training for something all year long, and it's pretty consistent. I'm not saying that you're not going through blocks of training or you're not doing bloods and you're not seeing how you are hormonally throughout the year and you're not adjusting things. Like, I think that's a smart way to do things, but it's, it's wild when you're training a character for a role and that's three months and then I know where they finish that role and they have to become someone else. And in becoming someone else and acting like someone else in a way, sometimes they want to change the way that they look or change the way that their body's holding weight. And, and, and that and literally, like I've had to take people and get them emaciated. I've had to get them fat. I've had to get them muscular. I mean, it's not something that I would recommend anyway. And I hate it. Like I, right, I, right. I do. I, I Anytime someone has to, to come to me and they're like, uh, go to an extreme or if someone, I remember a couple of times I had a few big wigs come to me. They weren't even actors and they, and they had some type of charity challenge where there was a lot of money on the line. And they were like, we have to lose X amount of weight in this time. And I'm like, don't even bother me with this. Like, I don't mm. want to do it. Like, I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, well, you're like the transformation coach. You're the person that can do it. I'm like, I could do it, but for what it would take to do it, I, I just, I don't want to be a part of it. I'm not the guy you want to come to for that because I don't like the quick hits. And that sounds funny because I'm preparing people for roles and they have a short period of time to get ready. But the people that I'm preparing, like, like right, right, right now, and I, and I train very few people now. Like I, I, I will not take on a one-on-one -on -one client. Like I, they, yeah. I'm working with you. I've known you for probably 10 years, 12 years. You're like family. Um, you know, I'm part of the team. Um, I have full, com I have complete flexibility in my schedule. I can work from home. I have my online community. Right. Um, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds is one of them. He's been like a brother to me. His wife, Blake, has been like family to me and I'll do anything for them. Right. But, um, you know, Ryan's got to get ready for Deadpool. I mean, get ready for Deadpool. It's not like for him, it's, it's not that big of a change aesthetically on how he's looking like tighten the diet up get the training in order he did a really nice post for me a few days ago when he was discussing how you know he probably hasn't been approaching his training the way that he does at times and he overdoes things and he was i mean very kind in his words but you know with me it was really more about movement quality and energy and if i can demand more better movement quality and more energy out of him that I'm going to be able to get more out of him when it comes down to preparing him for this role. And yeah. he's going to be better off when shooting that role. So the question that I do get is, well, is training athletes or training actors more difficult? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, in my opinion, training actors are, and I train, I train them both. And sure. they're like, well, that's, that's ridiculous. How would you, why would you think training an actor is more difficult? I'm like, well, a lot of times athletes are really good athletes, right? And they're going to be able to acclimate or adapt to that movement pretty quickly. Um, they also don't have volatility. When I say volatility in your schedule, I don't mean like Tom Brady's going from playing in New England one week to playing in San Diego in the other week when, fine, the time zone's going to change three hours. I'm talking about when someone's shooting in New York and they find out at the end of the shoot they have to be in Singapore and they have to leave their family now for six months. Right. Right. And now they're in a completely new environment. They go on set. Their call time is 6 a.m. They're training at 4 a.m. Um, they're they're on a shoot that given day. The, the camera breaks down, or something happens in the crew. The the shoot gets delayed five hours. They're there till midnight, and then they got to rinse and repeat. Or you know, when I worked with Liev Schreiber for Ray Donovan, there was a three day span where he had to shoot all day long, and then that Friday he had to shoot overnight. Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Athletes don't have to do that, right? That's right. they just don't have to do that. Like they they know what days they're they're playing. They can they can prepare for things in advance. And they know what time zones they're going to be in. They can prepare for things in advance. Now, yes, injuries. Well, what about injuries? Well, actors like Brian's broken his neck. He's broken his back. Like he does a lot of his own stunts. 
they get injured just as much as other athletes that I worked with. So I think when you are, when you're taking them away from that family environment for such a long period of time, and when you're putting them into a different time zone, which could be on the other end of the world. And there are so many variables. You don't have, you know, 20 people on your team. You might have a hundred plus people on your team. We're out of nowhere. An actor's mom dies and they're a, they're a main role there. And now they have to completely restructure, you know, their entire filming schedule. And now things get delayed and things, they have to come back and it's, you know, it, it, it could become really challenging. So, um, yeah, I, I think when it comes down to program design and exercises, listen, am I using different things with Ryan Reynolds than you might do in your program design? So when we look at, you know, as actors, as an example, who we see get quote unquote shredded for a role or significantly lean out. Are those usually happening over relatively short timelines? Are they overly aggressive methods versus what 100%, we percent would... 100%. I mean, sometimes I've gotten calls from studios where I'm like, well, how much time does this actor have? And they're like two weeks. And I'm like, and then the actor comes into me and he's like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm like, well, cut out alcohol completely. Uh, we're going to get in here. We're going to, we're going to train a lot, but I'm, you know, what are we going to be able to do? You're going to go get a tan. And yeah. you're gonna you're gonna remove all processed foods, and we're gonna do it. We're gonna be super tight, and there's gonna be zero, you know, cheat meals. And we're just gonna we'll structure your macros because we already know where you need to be, kind of. But like, you need two weeks to just figure out how to set 100%. someone's macros, in my opinion. So like, when someone's coming in for the first time, but I know their body type, it's like you're still kind of throwing darts, but you got to do what you got to do. And 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 a lot of times, I mean, I I think. Listen, the, the the camera makes you look a lot better, right? At times, and um, you know, you will see actors, and I'll see it in movies. Like I'll see specific people, and they're like, "Oh my god, he was shredded!" And I'm looking at his lower abs, I'm like, "He's not shredded." Like, right. oh, oh my god, that guy's body fat's probably twelve. Like easily, everyone's claiming it's single digits. There's there's no way. Like no one, no one's got, no one, not too many people can have a better eye than that than I am. Um, when it comes down to the to the camera, so I think like the I, I guess the fans' perspective right? Uh, of what's outstanding and maybe your and I's perspective on what's outstanding could be two different things. Like, you know, there's articles of certain actors like deadlifting 450 pounds. And I'm like, you know, they're like, oh my God, this guy's brute strength. Like I've deadlifted 450, like close to 20 sure. times. Like I have a friend of mine that just, he, um, he's a world record holder. He's, he's, he's totaled over 2,800 pounds. I've got another friend of mine who's an amateur that's totaled 2,400 pounds. Those are strong people. Right. But we're looking at the actors as if like, oh my God, like they're and they'll admit it. They're actors, right? They're they're that's their job is not to be powerlifters, to not be a powerlifter. Their job is not to be a bodybuilder. Their job is to become that character. And that's why I think it's so impressive what they do. So if Ryan's got to beef up for Deadpool and then he's got to get ready for another role that might be in Montreal or Europe or wherever it is, you know then that training may have to change or that nutrition may have to change. And I've had some really strange requests. I've had, I've had people that are wear prosthetic suits. So you're thinking like, okay, like what does it matter than what they look like? If their body dimensions change too much in that prosthetic suit, I'm in trouble. Right. Right. right? And, 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 and we, I mean, I got a million stories there. I'm not going to bore you with them, but um, yeah, to, to answer your, I, I know I'm giving it a long winded right now. It is, it's the same in reference to your assessment process. I'm going to go in and assess them. I'm going to screen someone. My program design, where do I want to get them to? How am I setting up my training blocks? Over what period of time am I setting that up? Nutritionally, okay, what is that avenue that we're, that we're going? Um, if you always have you know, an idea on a blood panel, I, I find that helpful. But I, I've never, like, my job is not 
to, I don't, I've never done TRT. I haven't. I know. I, and I know like Ali, Ali, someone that promotes it. She's, she's yeah, very sure. good. I've never, I've never done a performance enhancing substance. Like I've never, I, 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 Dr. Gabrielle line does my bloods. Dr. Dwayne Jackson does my bloods. I just, if my panels are fine, why do I need to lean on that? Right. And there are some other people who are like, Oh no, no, no. Optimize, optimize. Like I just have a different viewpoint on it, but that's okay. But I'm not, you know, I'm not the expert in that area and I'm not the doctor on that area. So when someone comes to me and they ask me my opinion on it, I'm like, I really don't have one. Like I just, it's not something that I feel is, you know, necessary for myself. And it's not my place as a non-medical, it is not my place to start telling someone that they should be taking something or not taking something. No, hundred percent. Um, and, and what I'm hearing from you around this is, you know, the, the actors are as committed as they need to be. And perhaps what they're doing to commit to that role for most of the general population might seem extreme, despite the fact that in reality, is it really that extreme? You know, maybe it's it's no more extreme. The most extreme person doing something in Hollywood has, you know, it's not even, I mean, maybe putting aside the PED point of a part of it, right? Like, right. Because I've not done uh, TRT. I've not gone that route, but do you think that that's something that's, um, at the forefront of some of the transformations that we see in Hollywood? I think it's been, I think it's been there for a while. Sure. I think it's been there for a while. I think people now are justifying the, the conversation. I think if you take it, you should be talking about it. You should be. You should be letting people know. If someone's getting on the big screen and they're putting something in their body or you know they suddenly gained 50 pounds out of nowhere like if you look at the actors i've worked with like they've been pretty consistent throughout the years like you really can't pull anyone up who you're like oh my god they completely like put 40 pounds on or 30 pounds on or went from being like super heavy set to not i'm not saying it's impossible for you to do that with a proper diet and and with proper training but this has been around for a long time it's yeah been and for a long time you know, a lot of the people that you're talking about or working with, by the way, have been in great shape for a long time. So a long time, taking them yeah. from you know, pretty good shape year round to great shape is a hell of a lot easier than taking someone who's obese to shredded. Like it's not going to happen. And there's different ways of looking at that though, because I have a woman that I, I mentioned, I worked with that uh, she's almost 900 pounds and uh, yeah. 872 pounds. And we got her down to 360. And how do we do that? So I walk in. By walking and by um, making better nutritional choices, look at it. Look at a golfer, right? If you take a golfer who's a thirty, and I come from a golf background, if you take a thirty-six handicap, getting him to a fifteen, sixteen is really easy. That's a big range. Taking a three handicap to a one, that's hard, right? So when you take someone who's in really great shape and you have to get them in even better shape the margin for error is really slim. When you're taking mm-hmm. someone who is at, you know, 872 pounds, it's like, all right, like how much stress can we start adding without overdoing it on their joints and without putting them in harm's way? And so, yeah, I understand what you're saying and I agree with you to an extent, but there's but there's two ways of looking at it. If I'm trying to get someone from like 7% body fat to sub five, that's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do naturally. Like you really have to man- be manipulating your macros you really have to be paying attention, in my opinion, to your micros, because a lot's going to go wrong um, if you're trying to be in this for the long haul, if your micronutrients are off, which is why a lot of bodybuilders were so unhealthy in the past. Is they were eating diets that were very macronutrient heavy towards their needs, but they didn't have those micronutrients or that fiber or that nutrition 
um, that they needed to have. So there's there's two ways of looking at it. I've had sure. really easy success dropping 500 pounds on someone that was simple. And on the other hand, I've had people that I've had to take from you know, six, 7% body fat to sub five. And it's sure. It's sure. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair, I'm, I'm really referring to like the proverbial transformation that everyone wants to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to impart here and appreciate you being candid around it is there's no magic to it. There's no necessarily drugs to it is, is you're focusing on the fundamentals, which, you know, by the way, I'd love to to dive into, you know, kind of the, some of the strategies that you use around nutrition and training, regardless sure. of whether it's, you know, a, a, a celebrity superhero training or it's, it's gen pop training. And it sure. sounds like you're doing things a lot of the same way, perhaps more aggressive in certain contexts, but right. Despite that is how are you approaching that scenario? Okay. So training, there's always a screening process. Um, right. I always have a team of medical that I work with. I, I had it at drive. And I always have a group of physical therapists that um, if there are any red flags, you know, I'm getting them, you know, involved in that equation. Um, At that point, then it's how much time do we have and what are we trying to create? When I'm trying to understand what character I'm trying to help them create, sometimes we sit in front of the computer and they're pulling up like an an actual character, right? So like, let me give you an example. If I'm sitting with a... um, with an actor and they have to look like a, like a Russian powerlifter, we're pulling up a Russian powerlifter. And then I'm looking at their physique and I'm saying, all right, how do I think I'm going to take this person from this to become that? Right. So it's not only just the movement screening and that's something that like you or I may not do, right? Like most people aren't going to do that. Like they may look at Blake Lively and be like, I want to look up like, like that, but they're not really sitting down and like studying you know, a picture and saying, all right, well, look what this guy has from, from a trap standpoint. Sure. Oh my God, look at his forearms. And oh my God, look at his calves. And all right, well, what type of clothes are you going to be in? Are you going to be shirtless? And they're like, no, I'm not going to be shirtless at all. I'm like, okay, well that changes a lot. Right. Because if you're shirtless and you have to have his abs, this is going to take a lot it's more a different time. Story. Yeah, right? It's a, it's a, it's a different story. So I think it's, it's kind of laying that foundation for, you know, what are we trying to create? And at that time, at that point, it's, it's allowing me to get understanding on how are they metabolizing their food. I'm going to want to take a few days for them to journal. Right. Just write down and, you know, show me some patterns. I want to know from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. Will you calorie track? I will for them if they don't like doing it. So if they- Are um, we talking actors or just like perfect scenario? Let's, and, and let's speak well, more I don't work with I don't work with average Joes anymore. Yeah. But um, so it will be actors. But if someone's coming to me like, Put it this way. If someone comes to me now and they're like, I have to work with you. I I have to work with you. I'm like, don't waste my time. Like, like this is a project. We're either diving into this. Like, I have no urge. Like, you can come in and pay me 2000 bucks an hour. Like, I'm not here to hold your hand. It's not what I do. Like, I make yeah. plenty of money. Like, I'm here to get you from point A to point B. That's my specialty. And, um, you know, fortunately, a lot of the actors I'm working with now, they want me around all year long. So we never really have to figure it out last minute. If they are, um, if they're type A and they're able to count their own calories and I'm having them download chronometer, which you know, the app and yeah. I'm having them track their, their macros, which I love because from a micronutrient standpoint, I'm going to mm-hmm. get a general idea and we're not saying anything's exact, right? I'm going to get a general idea on, you know, if their fibers in a good spot or, you know, are they deficient in certain areas? And if I'm seeing that they're deficient in certain areas, then I might go as extreme to like looking into a panel. And getting one of my functional medicine doctors involved and saying, all right, where are there areas here that we're kind of struggling? Are there supplements I can mix in 
where they're not even really going to know, you know, that they're consuming it, but we can bump up these levels. So, um, and then, you know, so that's from really a nutritional standpoint Then we're going to take about two weeks. We're going to start tweaking the diet a little bit. We're going to see how it is. And then I think it really comes down to, do we need it to be at maintenance calories after a while? Do we have to go into a surplus or do we have to go into a deficit? I, I, I rarely put people in the deficits. I, I mean, sometimes it might by, be by 250 calories, but like I, I've had thousands of transformations and typically these people are coming to me and they're like, well, I eat 1200 calories a day, I eat 1400 calories a day. And I'm like, why? Where's nowhere to go? Where, 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 where are you going to drop it? You, yeah. you, you know, this better than everyone. Like, am I going to turn around and I'm going to get them eating a thousand calories a day now? Like you've been telling me you're feeling like shit. You've been telling me you're sitting on the couch. You, you can't walk over 6,000 steps a day because you just don't have any energy. Like, so I'll take up like an old school bodybuilding reverse dieting approach. Like I might take, you know, five weeks to bump someone 200 calories a week. Right. And right. I might slowly start moving them up and nine out of 10 times, you know, the answer to this, like their body composition is going to change. And, um, and you're hearing a lot more people talk about it now. Like a lot of women are online. They're like, Oh my God, you, let me show you I'm how you more. can eat food. I'm eating right. more. I mean, right. like, yes, of course. Like, Think about that. You're getting enough fiber now. You're getting enough protein, and you're utilizing your 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 carbs and fats as your energy sources, and you're staying satiated, and you're 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 binging less, and you know all these great things that comes with eating nutritionally. But that doesn't mean I'm never going to put someone into a deficit. There there are times that you no, I move calories. I mean, you need to do it. I, I like that approach, and I think it's twofold. Is especially taking it from a reverse dieting approach is like you and I both know that if someone is actually tracking or they're we're create, finding ways for them to create more awareness around their calories, they're going to make better decisions right at the end of the day. So whether or not they're actually eating a thousand or 1200 calories, it doesn't really matter. But like you said, when we're getting them to eat more whole real food, we're adding in more micronutrients, better quality food, more fiber, right? They're obviously more cognizant of their decisions than it's a beautiful scenario where they can actually, whether they're recomping or they're just losing body fat and weight staying the same, or whether they're doing both a hundred percent. And then, you know, factoring and training, of course, with that and the volume of training and movement. I, I mean, getting into training, I mean, I've written thousands of programs. I mean, there's so many different approaches that I like to take. I mean, I think the first thing we have to understand is what's their movement competency and um, what's their training age. Like yeah. What have they been doing? What is, what, you know, what works, you know, what do they feel like works for them and how much time do we, do we have? Because if you only have four weeks and now you're trying to re-implement a whole new training system in there, it's like, well, from a personality standpoint, are they yeah. someone that's going to go look at videos that you're sending them because they're on the road, right? Like you got to, there's so many things that coaches aren't taking into consideration. Like if, uh, if, one of the biggest Hollywood actors has four weeks and they need a program. Are you going to start sending him stuff where he just feels insecure? And he's like, right. what the hell is this? Does he have the type of personality or the type of mindset where he's just a type A or she's a type A where they're like, whatever you send me, I'm going to do and I'm going to execute. Those are nice people to work with, but it's not always, that's not always the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, case. Like I've, I've got, I mean, there's so many different, you're, you're probably not going to meet too many coaches that have trained in so such a variety of ways. I mean, I've done everything from, the conjugate method to kettlebell training to, you know, Geronda's eight by eight to power building. I mean, I, I enjoy turning around and creating a block of training and diving into it for say 12, 14, 16 weeks, like it's the be all end all and developing those qualities. And then, you know, moving to something that I feel like doing or something that I feel like that I, I kind of lost a little bit of, uh, 
you know, the ability to do that at a, yeah. at a high level. Not everyone's like that, you know, like it, it's, um, you know, I might have an actor over here that loves old school bodybuilding splits. And anytime I get them on an upper lower body routine, or if I'm trying to get them to do max effort, dynamic effort, they're just disconnected with it. They don't like it. I mean, right. it's okay. Like as a coach, like when, when a coach is stubborn and they keep bringing the same thing back to that person over and over, like that shows me a coach that one does not have a diverse toolbox of, of movements, doesn't have a diverse toolbox of methods to apply. And that isn't that confident with their ability. Like you should be able to look at the person. Training needs to be intriguing. It needs to be fun for most people. Now, mm -hmm. if you're like a world-class Olympic lifter or power lifter, and it's like, this is what you have to do. I'm friends with a lot of those guys where they could sit there for six, seven minutes in between sets and just be like this. A lot of my clientele, they don't want they don't have that type no. of time. They can't spend three hours in the gym. So it's, you know, how do you give them a little bit of what they want? While well, as a coach, you're, you still have them doing a lot of what it is you want. And totally. what is my main goal with these people? It's resiliency. I need them to go on set with a high level of energy and I need to make sure their body doesn't break down. Or when they take that shot, they're resilient. Now, obviously, the aesthetic portion is a big part of it, but I've we've never failed on that. Like we've, we always have them, I always have them going into the films looking the way that they need to look. And, you know, we were always able to over deliver. And part of that is just relaxing and trusting the process and getting in there and understanding that every day isn't going to be a world record in the gym. Like if, if Ryan's in, uh, you know, away shooting Deadpool right now and he gets off at 12 o'clock and he's up early the next day training and he is in there training. A lot of times I want him to take off, but if he doesn't, it's it's understanding yeah. that we that we got to throttle down and we got to maybe do a 70 to 80% workout and just get moving and get sweating a little bit and feel better or take a day off and rest. And that might be the better approach there, right? So um, again, you said it earlier, it is individualistic and it is coaching. All of the the forms of, of training that you just rattled through um, are all strength training, dominant forms of training. What's how important is strength training to body transformation? Oh my God. I think it's probably been one of the most underlooked approaches for, for decades. I mean, most people are, you know, getting into this and I'm not, I'm not bashing circuit training. You know, people now are talking about CrossFit or they're talking about these, um, orange yeah, theory yeah. or spin yeah. or the, the berries boot camps and whatever. All the people that I've worked with over 25 years, the 40,000 one hour sessions I've done in my life. Um, have I used these as the like main hub to be able to get people in shape? The answer is no. Like everything for me, like I need, whether you're a woman, a guy, whatever role you are, I want your body resilient. I want it strong. If you want to build body fat, we need strength, right? We do. Muscle is going to help us. It's going to help our metabolism up and right. out. But I also understand that there are times of the year that we need to change our blocks of training where, yeah, I will focus on a different energy system and I'll, I'll structure it to where, yes, it's a survivor circuit. It's 10 movements in a row, minimal rest time. We're monitoring heart rate. Um, the workout duration is definitely shortening. You know, you might feel great for a few weeks, but I think sometimes with a lot of these classes, people start coming back in. They're like, why am I feeling tired? Mm -hmm. Why aren't I energetic? Why aren't I like, I should be getting into better shape and I'm actually feeling more exhausted right now. And there's an answer to that as well. I think we overstay our welcome sometimes. So I'm really not um, even spinning, right? Like spinning was 
God, that was popularized probably over a decade ago now with, um, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, at, at least, but with, um, Oh God, what was a soul cycle, right? Soul cycle right. was really the, the company to turn around and make it sexy. And I remember at that time at drive at my club, most people were coming into me and like, Oh my God, I love spinning. And at first I'm like, God, the last thing I want is someone in this position, you know, exercising, like we said enough, why not? Right. Right. And after right. a while, I kind of grew up. I was like, you know what, man, like, this is someone who sat in their cat on their couch six, seven days a week. And now they're finally connected with something that they're enjoying. They're sweating, they're moving. And what I would do is rather than talk them out of spinning, I would say, listen, I'm here now to be an accessory to spin. Like I'm going to try and make you more resilient to spin. Like there are things with spin that I don't like that we need to work on. They're like, well, what's that? Like, well, you're in this kyphotic position and you know, Glutes are, we're going to get very quad dominant, right? And I'm going to explain all these things and our hips are going to get really tight. So when you come in here and train, let's get you in twice a week. Let's get you in with a coach. That's now going to work you a lot of unilateral work, a lot of T-spine extension, a lot of T-spine rotation. We'll get those glutes really strong and we'll work on things that's going to add value to your spin. And, um, you know, to each his own, right? It's like powerlifting. Is that really the healthiest thing for you? Like, is sport really the yeah. healthiest thing for you? Like being a professional golfer, is that the healthiest thing? Being a soccer player, like most people think like, well, you're running around the field. Like, well, there's contact and there's pivoting on one side and there's hip issues and there's injuries that take place. And, you know, sport isn't always the healthiest thing for us, but, you know, suddenly, you know, oh God, CrossFit's bad for you. Yeah, well, CrossFit can be bad for you, but training with a shitty coach could be bad for you also. It's... um it could be no different in, in, in my book, but, you know, I really believe in embracing, you know, different types of training styles, but then doing it, doing it with some purpose. Yeah. Well, and neither is getting super lean. Is it healthy for you? Right. So you can take it to all ends of the spectrum, sure. but I appreciate just the focus on the strength training because I don't know that we can express the importance enough for improving longevity and health and obviously body composition, which I'm really trying to hit home here especially, you know, for someone that trains high level people and, 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 and body types, you know, especially females, it's like, Hey, I bet you all of your female clientele are strength training as one of the main impetus to help them, you know, change they body. Are. They are, they are. We're not sitting there beating them up on an elliptical for five hours a day. Like I saw Blake lively today. Or were... like you said, dieting them in perpetuity. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I'm not trying to remove calories. I also have to take in consideration that some, a lot of my, you know, someone like Blake, she's, she's a mom, right. And she's, you know, she might be nursing and she might be doing these things that moms, a lot of moms may decide to do or not decide to do. And, you know, I have to take into consideration her schedule and her sleep schedule and that, you know, or for any mom, you have to take it. It's got nothing to do with that. She's an actor. It's got to do with the fact that she's a woman and she, has children. And these are things that we have to take into consideration. But when I go into the, uh, you know, when, when I go into a session with someone like her, it's assessing how her body's moving that day, focusing on the areas that are going to allow her to be successful and getting her stronger, giving her that training effect yeah. and allow her to leave that hour feeling better than she did before she started. And, and I think that's really the, the secret sauce. What are some things that um, you wish more people knew about health and fitness, or maybe even perhaps some of the misconceptions that you feel might plague the industry. You know, I think you nailed, I mean, the strength training piece is, um, is a big part of it. I also don't like how people are generalizing carbs for the last few years. I think I I'm talking about how carbs are making a comeback. Carbs are bad. And I try and stay away from carbs. And I'm like, well, why would you do that? Like, 
protein can be bad. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, take a piece of chicken and fry it. Like, right. you need fried chicken? Is that going to be your protein source? Because in my book, that's not good. Like, we could we could take any of those. Fat could be bad. Fat could be good, right? It, it depends on the sources. But we we really generalize mm-hmm. um, carbohydrates as, as this bad, as this evil enemy. And, um, uh, you, you know, it's I think that causes a lot of problems because that really forces people to yo-yo diet. It forces them to not truly understand nutrition. It forces them to make what they think are good food choices, but, you know, not getting enough calories in and not allowing their body to be metabolically flexible and utilize those fats and carbs as their energy sources, I think is something that's important. You know, I'm not saying everyone should be having the exact same level of carbs. I think, you know, we develop um, specific tolerances to specific macronutrients according to, you know, how much we've been consuming for how many years, right? I think it's, you can, you can develop that resistance to it, but um, I, I know, I mean, I've been on over a dozen, easily over a dozen covers and I'm, you know, I'm in single digit body fat all year long. My, my energy is great. My bloods are great. Um, and I do that by taking a specific approach. Like I strength train pretty much all year long, but I still focus on cardiovascular training. I just came in while I'm keep drinking water and I'm, I just got out of a shower. It's like, I went for a run when I had some time. I wanted to get that in today. This is my day to run. So I went for a run, but like I'm eating very high protein foods. I'm getting at least a gram per pound of body weight. Like my, my carb, like a low carb day for me might be 200 grams, right? It's, it's, but I'm consuming very fibrous carbohydrates. I'm eating a lot of vegetables. I'm eating healthy fats. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, there's, there's no tricks. I'm having cheat meals once in a while. I am turning around and I'm allowing my body to process very high calorie days, which I think are really important. But when we restrict, we restrict, we restrict calories. The human body is really smart. Like the example I've been giving, and this is all stuff that you know already, but like you jump in your car right now and you start driving, that gas light's going to pop on at a certain point and you got a decision. You can either pull off or keep driving. If you keep driving, you're going to run out of gas, right? Like right. the human body is really smart. The human body's not going to be like, it's just going to start slowing down right? in time. Like that's what, that's right. how I relate calories to the body calories are, you know, technically it's energy, right? So as you are restricting those calories, you are now in time over weeks, months, years, your energy level is going to drop, your, your movement yeah. quality is going to drop and then bad things happen from, from that. So I, the, the misconceptions of carbohydrates, strength training, calories, oh, lower calorie, this has a hundred calories. I don't understand how someone can look at a, um, a thousand calories from this source and treat it the exact same as a thousand calories from another side. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, right, right. How right. are you gonna how are you gonna turn around and say if someone eats a three thousand calorie diet today and it's just McDonald's opposed to a three thousand calorie diet today on the food I ate? So you're trying to tell me because it's the same calories. I'm gonna no, like your body's not gonna respond the same way. Like hormonally, it's not like your body's gonna be rejecting all those toxins and it's gonna be in a really shitty place and inflammation's gonna occur in the body and things from a sleep quality are going to become affected from a, a brain function. It's going to become affected. So how do we ever get in a habit of like looking at a calorie and being like, well, this is only a hundred calories. Well, it's a good calorie or a bad calorie. So other misconceptions there. I've never seen anyone get fat on eating healthy, you know, high quality whole foods. It doesn't happen. Uh, do you know, um, a buddy of mine, Sadiq Hatsovic, he was, um, an Olympia competitor, him and another buddy of mine, Olympia competitor, Juan Morel went and they did like a 20,000 calorie day binge and they filmed it on youtube and it was hysterical and i was it's insane i was ready to throw up but then sadiq came back a week later and he's like all right i did that i felt terrible i'm going to now try to do um 
I think he said a 20,000 calorie a day cleaning and he didn't even make it to like seven or 8,000. Oh, no chance. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I knew you know the answer to that, but you know, it's fascinating. Like I I tell people now try to overeat the healthy stuff and I don't mean gluten-free donuts. I mean like chicken and broccoli and potato. Look at Benjamin Brown's plate tonight. Like put a post up of like, this is my, my dinner. I challenge anyone to try and overeat that tonight. Is that going to so. include my kids' leftover chicken fingers and fries? Or, uh... <laughs> so good, isn't it? It's <laughs> right. so good. <laughs> uh, let's be so cautious good. about that. Dead on, obviously. And I just, I appreciate the, you know, realistic approach. I appreciate it for our audience because we talk about this sort of dichotomous thinking, the all or nothing, the black or white, like carbs, quote unquote, carbs are bad. Like, dude, that's so generalized. What are we talking? Are we talking about pizza? Are we talking about potato? Like, exactly what you what you just said. So I think it's important that if we find ourselves having those conversations in our head and, and framing things a certain way, maybe we take a step back and we sort of acknowledge where is that idea? Where's that thought process coming from? What's the story that I'm telling myself in my head uh, around that thing? I know you are friends with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. You mentioned her earlier wow. as far as doing your blood work um, yeah. and she's great. And I'm so happy to st- that the influence she's having on our industry. I mean, I mean the book. Oh wait, hold right on. All right, wait, hold on. Hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up. All, all right. right. If you don't mind, if you don't mind, I'm going to send this to her right, right, right now. Three, two, one. She's going to love that. That's the Bible right there, and I love that you have it there. But I, I keep it on my on my desk because God, what a breath of fresh air, muscle centric medicine, and and talking about the importance of of muscle and these words that especially women would 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 bring up in the past and they were frightened like i, I even had guys coming to me they're like i don't want to look like you and i'm like thanks a lot man <laughs> like it's a terrible yeah, thing like, you're like how do you say that to someone i mean they weren't thinking of it that way i get where they were coming from like i don't want to yeah. be muscular like like you and i'm like well we're kind of getting into my shape is it it, it takes some time it's not something that's going to happen Dude, you've been doing months. this your whole life yeah, my whole life and you know what i i still it, it's this is it's this never-ending puzzle you know it you've been doing it your whole life it's this puzzle where you're still finding out information and you're still trying new things and your training still changing and your eating still changing and you gotta love it to be great at it in my opinion who um have been some of your biggest mentors uh, throughout your career it's like categories right so sure. like if i yeah. if i think about physical therapy i think about charlie weingroff if i think about functional medicine i think about dr gabrielle line or dr Dwayne jackson if I think about strength and conditioning, I, you know, I might think about a, a Dr. Jordan Shallow or a mm-hmm. Matt Wenning. Yeah, um, Matt's great. Think Matt, Matt's a good friend of mine. Or a, or a Charlie Weingroff, who's also a West Side guy. Mm. Um, I have friends of mine that competed at the Olympia level. Uh, my my buddy, God rest his soul, to, uh, Tommy Jacob, big mentor of mine in, from a bodybuilding standpoint. My buddy, Arash Rabar, an Olympia competitor. Michael Hearn, uh, you know, a past po- power bodybuilder. Sure. Um, I have people from a mobility standpoint that that, that mentored me, you know, Dr. Andrew Spina, uh, FFC yeah. functional range condition, yeah. kettlebells, Pavel was a was a mentor to me. Um, nutrition, Rob Yang. I mean, I go on and on and on. Yeah. It wasn't like it was one person. Like what I tried to do is I always tried to find one of the best people in that category. I happenstance, I would just become close with them. We would just be, we'd have a lot in common. We'd become friendly. And um I could help them in categories. And I've all every name that I mentioned there, I've I've helped. Every single name. I've helped them with a deal, with a contract, uh, with a business approach, maybe with some body composition change, maybe something nutritionally. 
kicking around ideas. I think the beautiful thing about those names is that it became this collaborative discussion. And to this day, I still have them. And, and, and to this day, I'm still connecting with new people. And you know that's what's exciting about it. It's always interesting to hear a new approach and to see uh, an old bodybuilder, Jim, Jim Quinn. I just thought of his name. My God, I used to train with him back in the day. I had mentors of mine from college when I was playing Division One baseball, my collegiate coach, coach Nick Giaquinto. I mean, there's so many mentors and so many people I took things from that I still utilize today. Do you see things as, you know, in terms of the direction that things are going, positive, negative, are you? I, I think there's a lot of positive. I think, um, you know, people talk about social media like negative, uh, as a negative thing. Like, I, I think you got to treat social media for how you want to treat it. Like for me, I use it to inspire and educate people and I don't use it to sit there and surf or compare myself with other people. So I can understand how if you're using it for the wrong reasons, it could put you into a very negative spot. Um, I think social media has brought a lot of great business in for businesses and for yeah. people like myself. And I'm very grateful for that. I think it's allowed me um, to sell my programs right now to over 63 different countries. It's allowed me to host a retreat last year with 150 people in Mexico, where I rented an awesome. island from over 30 different over 30 different countries. And social media has allowed me to do things like like that. But I can understand how um, I think the general public they don't know. It's not their job to know, right? It's like someone who's not in finance and they're trying to pick a stock out. Bad example, but you get what I'm saying. I get it. You have someone go to Instagram and they look at someone on Instagram and they're like, oh, she's got the butt I want or he's got the abs I want. And suddenly it's like, okay, I'm going to follow them. And you know, they're just, you know, it might be a good move for them and it might be a bad move. I can't turn around and even say, you shouldn't be listening to that person. Because what if you turn around and if an influencer takes someone off the couch and gets them into great shape and they're feeling better and they've lost weight and they've made a, a complete life change, oh my God, this is this is great. So it can work out. The thing that's starting to concern me in the industry right, right now is that um, I'm not going to generalize and say all of them, but I think a lot of these um, labs, you're having a lot of these businesses yeah. start out and they're doing, it's just like come in and do bloods, come in and do bloods, come in and do bloods. And what's starting to happen is there are people out there that really need you know, to get on something. And then there are people that are using it as a band-aid. Yeah. And um, like, I got a call from one the other day and they're like, we'd like to partner with you. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you don't like, you're, you're immediately assuming that I need to take something. And you're immediately assuming that my clients need to take something. Like, this is about money for you guys. It's 100%. about money for a lot of them. Yeah. And it's, and that's bothering me a little bit that even professionals in the industry, they're so pro, like, take it, take it, take it. And the reality is, is you need to go get tested and you need to assess what type of lifestyle are you, are you living? I made a mistake years ago. I sent, this was about 15 years ago. I sent a client of mine in for blood work and poor nutrition habits, poor drinking. The whole nine was bad. And he went in for all this blood work and then he came back and he's like, what are you doing? This is 15 years ago. This is how, this is how long you know, we, were, we were looking at this stuff. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, he's paid like six grand. I'm thinking like, does this guy lose, he makes that in in a, in a half a second. He's like, to tell me that I need more sleep. And I said, stop drinking. And I look at him and I'm like, you got a good point. Yeah. Right. Which is why point. I don't like turn around and I just don't generalize that stuff at all anymore. I learned my lesson early in my career. I'm like, all right, like, let's like, this is, this is intended for someone. But what bothers me now is immediately when a doctor will say, you know, your testosterone's low. 
And I think we're going to give you some injections and we're going to bring that back up. I'm like, well, why don't we talk about, you know, potentially getting them off the fast food or why don't we talk about potentially trying to get them a little more sleep or maybe work on their hydration or work on their stress. It's like, no one wants to do that stuff anymore. No one wants to do the hard stuff. They just want to inject themselves and take it. And, and I, have a, I have a terrible story about that. I had a friend of mine who um, actually have his card here right now. He was my best friend. He was my head coach. He was one of my mentors, I told you. Born August 12, 1967. Died July 26, 2010. So he was in his 40s. And uh, what was that, 43? Might be about 43, uh, I think the math is. He had triple bypass surgery at 37. And he was receiving testosterone injections from a doctor and wasn't being regulated properly. And I'm going to piss some people off for saying this, but I don't care. The guy's dead and what happened, happened. And every time he went to get off of it, he felt like complete crap. His energy, his mood, everything shit the bed. His workouts, you know, having sex with women. He was having major problems here. And um, I found him dead in his bed. You know, I, yep. I found him. I, I came back from Las Vegas visiting my wife, uh, who was born and raised there, and he didn't show up to work. And we went in, and he was, he died Friday night. Yeah. You know, so you, so you have certain bodybuilders or certain people who are like, well, testosterone has never killed anyone, or like we don't know what this shit's going to do. This is all still so new. Like, do we really know what's going to happen when you give this to a forty-year-old? Like, do you know how they're going to respond to it at fifty-five? Do you really? Do I believe if you have a if you have a phenomenal doctor, a phenomenal physician monitoring you and cycling you on and off, like, can you be okay? Um, I, I, I hope to think you will be, but do we really know how we're going to respond to this stuff? And that's why I'm like, no, let's not be so quick to stick a needle in us. Let's, let's exhaust other avenues. And there are, listen, there are times when I know for a fact, someone's going to need to take this talking about my buddy, John, who I'm working with right now. 525 pounds last year and they were checking him into hospice you know and he was walking four to 600 steps a day i have a chart up here right 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 now with his calendar with his steps on it he walked four to 600 a day last week 5800 one day 6700 another day 5900 one day so he's up in that 6000 range he's lost 100 pounds it's getting stubborn now it's getting tougher him to lose more weight the guy's in his mid-60s like if he goes to a doctor at a certain point, am I going to talk him out of it? You know what I'm going to say? Listen to your doctor because they're the doctor. I'm not a doctor. So, you know, I've got a really like specific viewpoint on this because I've seen this go bad a lot. There's an overwhelming level of responsibility that comes with navigating hormones and lifestyle. And it is irresponsible if, in my opinion, if a clinic isn't disclosing all of the things that the client can and should be doing before going down that road. Mm -hmm. Like it's terribly relevant. So, you know, I think that it's in everyone's best interest because you and I also both know that it's not a panacea, right? Yeah. So just because you're taking testosterone as an example or taking peptides as an example or performance enhancing drugs even. It's like, dude, if you're still a slob, right? Like you're not going to get benefits from it. All of the benefits come from all of the nutrition and lifestyle factors that come before, you know, the, the exogenous support, right? And it might just be a little bit of the motivation. It might just be a little bit of momentum. It's obviously a little bit of the hormonal support that can help perhaps expedite things, make things more efficient, but it's still like you, I mean, you said you got Olympia guys, they're still genetic freaks. They still train their asses off. They make it their lifestyle. They eat clean every single meal, blah, blah, blah. 
right? All of those things. So I can appreciate that. I'm going to leave it at that. And mm-hmm. and I want to respect your time. And That's so fine. you mentioned your online programs. Obviously, yeah. you're not training very many people in person. That's not you know primarily what you're doing. What are you primarily doing now? Like, tell us about your programs. Tell yeah. us where more people can find out about you. No, thank you. DonSaladino.com. I mean, there's three ways to train with me. You can join a challenge, which is a monthly challenge, and you have access to a private Facebook group. And it's where you actually communicate with me Monday through Friday which is awesome. And I answer every question by every person who asks. And I answer it through a video. Um, I, I have an app company I'm, I'm partners in called Playbook and um, been a partner of them for eight years. It's a subscription, $14.99 a month. You get access to 10 programs a year, but there's zero communication with me. And then um, I sell programs globally. So like next Friday is going to be, you know, Deadpool 2 is going to launch on Black Friday and um, uh, the Blake Lively 2.0 program. And I I launched about, you know, I launched about 30 new programs last year. So they're dumbbell programs, they're body weight, they're gym based. You can check them all at donsaldino.com. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I do a lot of brand consulting now. It's just that with Life Fitness and Hammer Strength last week in Chicago, reviewing product with them. My podcast partner, Derek Hansen, we got a great little podcast called D&D Fitness Radio. It's a lot of fun. And I, I'm really enjoying the brand consulting. That's been a lot of fun to kind of come in because, um, um, you know, I understand the business piece of it. I own clubs in the city, but really understanding the digital piece, which I've been involved in since about 2010. So um, that's it. DonSaldino.com. Thanks for having me on. Great conversation. Looking forward dude. to meeting in person. Yeah, 100%. Um, hopefully I'll run into you at an event. Dude, thank you so much for your time. Um, Listen, anytime you're in New York, hit me a message. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for having me on. I, you know, I always appreciate it. Real quick. So I'm, <laughs> I'm driving my daughter home from uh, my 14 year old daughter home from swim last night. I'm like, hey, by the way, like, uh, she loves Ryan Reynolds. Um, oh, and what fourteen-year-old girl doesn't? But oh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like, hey, just so you know, like I'm interviewing uh, his trainer. Yeah. The call, and she's like, well, are you going to meet Ryan? Like, <laughs> she doesn't care about you meet no, him. <laughs> right, I'm sure you get that all the time. I'm like, yeah, well, no, but let me ask if if I did right, if you got to meet Ryan, what would you say? And I just like we were at a stoplight or something. I just which, looked at her, like is, looked right in her eyes. I'm like, yeah, I'm Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, hi, Zoe Brown. How are you? And she's like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we go to all the premieres. They invite us to all the, all the premieres. So we show up to all the premieres and uh, we went to free guy with my daughter, my son, my wife and me. And we show up and we're all, we're all there. Everyone's kind of dressed up. And um, Ryan, Ryan comes over. He's like, hey guys. And they just give him a hug. They're like, hey, what's up, Ryan? And hey, Blake, how are you? Give him a kiss, blah, 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 blah. And then out of nowhere, there was a YouTuber in the movie. And my kids are like, oh my God. They start freaking out. They start grabbing him. And like all the stars are moving around. They're coming. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. He's like, what, what, what? He's like, who's that? He's like, oh, the, uh, uh, Ryan, that's so-and-so. That's so-and-so. And Ryan's like, who? who? He's like, hey, Ryan had no idea. It was like someone that was a YouTuber that was invited to help promote the movie. Oh, my God. And Ryan so and Blake are like, Ryan and Blake had to take my kids and introduce my kids to these people. That's and incredible. I'm in, corner, I'm in the corner like, are you kidding me right now? This is hilarious. It was we, we We had some laughs on it. And I'm just like, it's just the generation now. Totally. They got more excited. My, my, my kids are more used to being around that now. So they don't get as excited and they know not to, because I don't want them to ever make anyone feel uncomfortable. But then when they see, uh, you know, a massive YouTuber, you just see them kind of get in the corner and they get all excited. So I, I think it's very cute. Different times, man. I love it. Yeah, Anyways. Right, uh, well, thanks again, brother. I appreciate you. We'll connect again soon. It's done my best. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, 
Grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple.